the talk shop. A very good evening to you and welcome to the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I am Masechaba Mdolo. Tonight we get up close with our mover and shaker, Dr. Vuyani Mshomi, an award-winning medical doctor and founder of the MH Foundation. He also dabbles in acting and writing. Uh, he uh, wrote a play that won the award for Best Script in the Residence Festival at the University of Cape Town. He'll tell us more about that. Uh, at around 7.30, we are observing uh, International Month for the Deaf as uh, September is uh, for the deaf and we'll be talking to the national director of the Deaf Federation of South Africa, Bruno Drushen. In our relationship corner tonight we're talking about planning for your family should you die. Winnie Kunene is a money psychologist and she'll be joining us in the studio. We have African Affirmations coming your way brought to you by the Eskia Institute and we wrap up tonight by uh, talking about the third annual Oliver and Adelaide Tambo Liberation Walk. It's taking place on the 5th of October 2013 in Ekuruleni. We'll be talking to the mayor of Ekuruleni, Mondli Kungubele. That is the lineup for the talk shop tonight. I am Masichaba Mtolo. Let's get right into it, getting up close with our mover and shaker. Illegal liquor trading and contravention of trade conditions are largely the cause of irresponsible consumption, as consumers get the supply without the restrictions required by law. Let's all work together to clamp down on irresponsible and illegal liquor trading and consumption. Combating liquor abuse is everyone's business. Comment, monitor and report. Report illegal liquor trading to 012-353-6111. The DTI, empowering industries and broadening economic participation. From the 27th of September to the 1st of October 2013, a conference of South African military veterans will be held at the Beshut Hotel in Ekuruleni, Gauteng. This conference seeks to establish a single umbrella body for all military veterans. The planned umbrella body will enhance cohesion between various associations of military veterans. For more information, call your respective veterans association or call 012-671-2623 or 082-383-9980. Working together to honor and restore the dignity and empower military veterans for nation building. The Talk Shop. Our mover and shaker tonight is Dr. Vuyani Mklomi, an award-winning medical doctor. He obtained the Dr. Helen Brown Prize for the second best final year student in clinical medicine. He was the recipient of the Kerry Capstick Dale Memorial Scholarship and the Ackerman Family Foundation Award for Outstanding Leadership. He received the Most Outstanding Student Leader Award in Undergraduate Faculty Council for his role as a chairperson of the Health Sciences Faculty Council in 2013, he was uh, the Mail and Guardian Top 200 Young South Africans, and he is also the recipient of the South African Medical Association's Bonitas Young Leaders Award. So, so much that we are not uh, touching on because I would take up the whole show. He is also the founder of the MH Foundation. A very warm welcome to our guest, Dr. Vuyani Mklomi. Good evening to you, Ndad, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome on to the talk show. Good evening, Master Chaba. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So how are you? I'm great, thank you. You're currently doing your internship at Barra? Indeed. Yes. yes. How is it? 
It's Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what more could I say? It's, it's the biggest hospital in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, it is, I mean, it is, you know, geographically, it's, you know, it's big. The infrastructure is massive. It's, it's scattered. It's, it's bigger than a the village. The volume right? of patients is ridiculous. Um, but it's probably one of the best years of my life, I guess. And the reason I'm asking this, dear listener, is that this young man, in addition to doing his internship at Bara, at Krishani Baragwanath Hospital, is also studying for his LLB through UNISA. Yes. How do you do it? There's always time. There's always time. I mean, I've made time to come into the studio. I make time to study. I make time to run the foundation. I make time to see my patients. But I thought doctors, especially interns, never sleep. It's like 24-7. Well, look, I think some... Look, there are certain areas or certain rotations that are, you know, are more rough than others. But there are those that are more um, chilled, you know, to say the least. And, um, yeah, so I think during that time... So what I did do is I started my, my law this year because the first year um, of, of, of medicine or internship at Bada is really intense. That's when you don't sleep. You, you don't... I mean, it's crazy. Um, whereas the, the, the second year is a lot more well-planned out. It's more relaxed, allowing you to, you know, to do other things. Um, and I, I've always had an interest in law, and I thought, why not? Why law? I mean, you, here you are, you've got your medical degree, um, you aced it, um, and, and, you know, garnered a whole lot of awards along the way, and now you are studying law. Why? Masjava, um, for me, completing medicine was not who Vuyani is, as in, it, was, it didn't define who I was. It Rather, it told me of the potential that I had. You know, I was like, well, what? Me? I can do this? You know? And then so I was like, oh, well, what more can I do? And um, I was also interested in, in law, you know, and I, I do not like boxes as a person. And I, I hate it when people say, this is where you begin and this is where you end. And who's to say, just because I've got a medical degree, I can't do an NLB? And I wanted to challenge that very that very thinking. And, um, and South Africa is becoming quite a liturgious society and uh, I'm the type of person who wants to offer the best you know care that money can buy to my patients and I really don't want to be at the mercy of our you know of, of, of lawyers who obviously know a bit more of the legal system so I thought if I understand you know um, our legal system and um, also have an understanding of medicine that then allows me to give my patients less protocol driven care and more of a holistic care because I then I'm not, I'm not practicing out of fear but rather practicing you know I'm um, giving my patients the best care there is. So next time my daughter tells me that she wants to be uh, an accountant, a doctor, a fashion designer, a musician, a model, I'm going to say, yeah, baby, go for it. Definitely. Because, I mean, what we say as parents is, but you can't do everything, Nana. And here's Vuyani saying you can. Mm. Funny enough, uh, um, abroad, the medical degree, uh, the medical and the law degree is is offered as a dual degree. A lot of people, you, you, um, a lot of people tend to graduate with both degrees. Um, I mean, I've got a couple of friends, you know, overseas that have done both. And I was like, why not do this in South Africa? In fact, some of my senior colleagues have, have got both medicine and law. The difference is some have left medicine to go practice law, but I've got no such intentions. So you're going to stick with medicine Definitely. because you want to go and study a PhD in cardiovascular medicine? Yes. 
Yes. Um, in fact, I was um, I w- had a Skype um, meeting with the professors at Oxford, which is where on Monday this past Monday. So we're very very excited about um, research that we'll be doing. Um, they c- they currently have this device that is that is only available there um, that they hopefully well that they're going to teach me and then bring that research and hopefully open up some more research centers in South Africa. So this is not just plans already. Yeah. Everything is in motion. Yes. When do you go to Oxford? Well, you sound like a guy who deals with wins, not, you know, should I and my plan. You're like, when I do this? Well, um, I have applied for the Rhodes Scholarship um, as a source of funding, um, you know, to, 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 to go to Oxford. And um, so if all goes well, um, which I'm hoping will go well, um, I will then start in October of 2014. To go to Oxford, to pursue. so um, I've got a supervisor, I've got a research project, I've got all those things. It's really a matter of just getting funding, commit myself to that project, come back with a PhD from Oxford in cardiovascular medicine, and solidify our country's position on the map as far as research is concerned. Where does MH Foundation fit into all this? MH Foundation is my baby. It's, 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 it's really what I've always wanted to do. You know, um, I mean, I've got aspirations in terms of completing my PhD, and, you know, in terms of my career aspirations. But um, what I found, what I'm all about is really helping someone else get there as well, you know. Um, I haven't had an easy upbringing, you know. And um, I wanted to make sure that the second I get a chance to, to help someone else, you know, I mean, I need to expose a lot of people, you know, in the, in the, in the same surreal world that I'm now living in. And I really want to make sure that, you know, I mean, when I was in varsity, a lot of people believed that I come from, you know, what what was the rumor that my mom was a domestic worker in Constantia and that's where I grew up and that's who was funding. And this is not true. And this is partly because people don't believe that anything good can come from a township such as mine. Coming from Kailisha, I really know the amount of talent that lies um, you know, and the amount of intellect that lies in that township. And I want to expose more of these kids. But often a lot of people want to do that. They donate money to ease their conscience and step back. So the Emish um, the Emish Foundation is really designed to ensure that you don't only provide funding to alleviate you know the financial burden, but you also equip these kids so that they're well-rounded scholars, so they too can you know can can adjust like any other kid who comes from a private school. So pretty much we're offering the private school experience inverted commas to the kid who comes from you know disadvantaged backgrounds, so that they too when they you know pursue their 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 um, their, their their careers or degrees mm-hmm. can do so without struggling. Um, so what are we looking at? Are we looking at taking these children out of their environments and putting them in the private schools? Not at all. Or is no. it about uh, getting extra tutors for them? So, so what we do is we don't remove our kids from their environments because we don't want to perpetuate that mentality that it is the school that is good rather than the scholar. Absolutely. I think we are working with the mind here, you know, and to convert, to try and change a child's mind who's been living in such environments for a very long time, to then change him, take him out and put him in a, in a school... What then you then do is you, you're not dealing with the, the actual problem. So, you know, you, you tell them, look, the environment is, is, is like that. So what we do is, as the foundation, from our own pockets, we, we pay for their school fees, um, we pay for their stationery, their school uniform, etc. So we alleviate the financial burden, allowing them to then concentrate on 
to then concentrate on the academics. So what then is required from them is that they're required to sign up with the MH Book Club. Okay, the the reason is that a lot of kids or reading from where we come from is not really encouraged. So we explore African literature, you know, from the likes of Lexin Kaira, you know, um, several others, and um, so then and the books are, you know, the book the material that they read rather is meant to be inspiring in nature, you know, um, and also African, you know, writers. And what they do after that is they're not required to complete a summary of the book they read, but rather a critical appraisal. You know, what does the author say to me? What does this say to my situation? You know, it's meant to be inspiring. Like it's meant to be an engagement. And it's really a correspondence that then takes place between the scholar and, and the person that um, has the project. The second component, and the reason we do that again, it improves reading and also encourages a culture of self-directed study, which is then required when you get to institutions of higher learning. Mm-hmm. The second component is that we believe that you can only dream as far as whatever it is you're exposed to, you know? And um, so these kids, I mean, we've got kids that want to be pilots, and yet they've never flown. And we want to bring that dream a little bit more closer, you know, um, and expose them, fly them. And we do these things out of one policy, just to have that, you know, have that, that, that experience. And, um, and then, sec- so we also, for those kids that want to be accountants, we expose them to other air, other professions in, in, you know, in finance, you know, actuaries, you know, um, pe- people who do all sorts of other things. You know, people only know of being doctors, and yet they are physiotherapists, occupational therapists. There are several other people in the health sector that we want to promote. So we want to expose our kids so that, you know, their dreams too can become a lot more complex given their exposure. The other thing that we do is that we then provide them with mentors, okay, people who are professionals in training, people who've been through the same struggle and not only have made, but they're also in this process. So they sort of, they, so they feed, you know, into each other and, and they help each other. The fourth component is that these kids are then get additional tutoring. We recognize that our, I mean, our education system, our basic education system is not as great as we would like it to be. So we wanted to, so this tutorial, um, the tutoring component is really to, to complement the current degree so that these kids are able to compete academically with several other kids. Our focus is English, um, it's English, mathematics, accounting, and science at the moment. I mean, the more, when we get funds, we'll be able to, um, you know, ex- get into other areas. But again, it's to really complement, and most importantly, they get to, in, engage with other kids who are like-minded. So in that way, they get to share um, the information they read. The last component of our foundation, um, or, or really of this scholarship, is that they're required to adopt a scholar. And this is where they transfer all the information or all the, you know, what they've learned to other kids, to another scholar. So this is something that is supervised quite closely. And so they, so if they've got their tutoring on weekends, on the Wednesday of that following week, they meet with that scholar. And whatever they, they've learned at science, they teach. So to us, it's not about just making sure that you are successful. Our kids are taught that when you succeed, someone else might make it for you. So a blessing is not a blessing unless it has been passed on. And we want to start that whole cycle that the only way you can truly be great is by helping someone else. And we help build South Africa. So they adopt a scholar in grade 8, and then when they get to grade 10, which is hopefully without scholars, they then, they then identify um, Problems within their school, and then come up with the, um, with sustainable projects in terms of what. Is, for instance, the issue, the biggest issue now was littering in the school. So what then? What 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 sustainable projects then can we come up that will then? Uh, so you allow them to run with that. You know that project is going to be around long after they're gone, and then it grows to identifying problems within the community. What projects do we then come up that are sustainable to improve our community? And then obviously by the time they're done, they come up with 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 solutions to address South Africa's issues at large. 
And in that way, we build our leaders from our communities outwards, rather than waiting for these, so we take them from grade 8 to grade 12, rather than waiting for these scholars to be ready in grade 12, they get into university, they don't, I mean, there's a, there's a recent study that was published to say that less than 10% of black people, don't, black students, don't make it. Yeah. And this is because these kids are never given anything to equip them to survive that. In fact, we've started to introduce something called the MH Personal Development Project, where we focus on public speaking, um, technology, and language. And the reason we do that is because, I mean, we've got kids who get to university, and the first time they see, it's the first time they ever see a computer. They're given two weeks to submit an assignment. They don't submit on time. Um, They get marks deducted from that. And then we ask ourselves, but how could they not have made it? And also, it's it's a completely different environment from school. Definitely. We're pushed all the time by a teacher, an educator. Here you are, you're at varsity. It's all up to you. Exactly. You decide whether you sink or swim. We're talking to Dr. Vuyani Mshomi, an award-winning medical doctor and founder of the MH Foundation. Very impressive young man. Got an SMS that says, wow, he's a superman. What an inspiring guest. Keep it up. It's coming in from Amara. We are taking your calls. 0891-104-207. Engage with Dr. Vuyanim Shomi. He looks 16 years old, I tell you. 0891-104-207 or SMS 34701. And SMSs are charged at two rand. The Oliver and Adelaide Tambo Foundation, in partnership with SAFM, invites you to join the third annual Oliver and Adelaide Tambo Liberation Walk on the 5th of October 2013. This year's theme is 10,000 Feet United for Education. Enter the 5, 10 or 21 kilometer walk as we honor these struggle heroes. Entertainment for kids and family will be provided too. For more information, visit tamboliberationwalk.co.za. Join us as we walk to educate. Trans-Africa Exhibition and Conference, South Africa's launch event, showcasing the transport industry and fully endorsed by the Department of Transport, is on at Expo Center, Nazrek, from 1 to 4 October. Don't miss Trans-Africa, 1 to 4 October at Expo Center, Nazrek. Open daily from 9 to 5. Pre-register for hassle-free entry at transafricaexpo.co.za. Get on board the Trans-Africa Expo, 1 to 4 October. Our children will inherit the decisions that we make today. Integrated infrastructure systems allow residents to live, work, play, and move faster and easier. The development choices we make must ensure sustainable growth of our economy, our region, and the environment. The Gauteng government is planning for the future today to ensure a prosperous Gauteng city region for all. Gauteng Premier Ms. Nomvula Mokonyani calls on all residents and stakeholders to work together to ensure that Gauteng is the place where all our dreams are realized. Be an active stakeholder. Visit www.gauteng2055.co.za. Submit your vision for Gauteng 2055. Gauteng, the future starts here. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107. I am Masichaba Mdolo. And our mover and shaker tonight is Dr. Vuyani Mflomi, an award-winning medical doctor who's doing his internship at uh, Chris Hani Baragwanath Hospital. And he is studying um, his LLB um, through UNISA. And he's the founder of the MH Foundation. He plans on going to Oxford University to complete a PhD in cardiovascular medicine. And he's not just planning it. Already the process is already afoot and he looks at uh, going overseas next year in 2014. 
I want to talk about medicine. Has it always been your passion? Did you always want to be a doctor? But before we do that, let's take Ududu in Cape Town. Hi, Dudu. Hello, Masala. Hello, ma'am. I'm just sitting here and listening. I'm a 40 medical student um, at Stanamosh. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening to Dr. Somi. And I'm like, he's talking about me, 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 me. <laughs> like all this stuff. Because there's a project of foundation that I wanted to start back home. But with finances and being away from home, it's it's like so difficult and I'm like thinking this is just an awesome person to meet to me I'd like to be part of their project and their organization so Dr. Mkhomi hi 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 I admire you dude like I'm looking at like wow and I just want to know how someone can be part of your project especially with the mentoring and just to sort of yeah okay Um, we'll give out the uh, website for the MH foundation but uh, how does Dudu get a mentor and uh, how does she walk this road with MH Foundation? Um, well, Dudu, um, we've got someone, actually, who's a medical student at the University of Cape Town. And um, he currently heads the mentoring program. And, I mean, it would be great to, I mean, we're actually looking for some more mentors. The, what we want to do is we want to make sure we've got a lot. Because, I mean, the more mentors we have, the more kids um, can receive, you know, assistance. Um, but she can drop me an email. Um, I can give an email. You can drop me an email at, it's Vuyane, V-U-Y-A-N-E. E at mhfoundation.co.za um, You can drop me an email um, or if you are on Twitter you're more than welcome to then um, direct message me or follow me it's at Vuyane which is at V-U-Y-A-N-E um, and then we can um, start talking from there but I mean the biggest thing is, you know, you have a lot of people say, I'm interested in joining, I'm interested in joining, but then nothing really happens, you Absolutely. know. But if they contact me, there are definitely um, avenues that we can take. Got another SMS coming in from Nkembu in Appington saying, this guy is very impressive, keep it up. Did you Thank always you. want to be a doctor? Well, there was one time I wanted to be a teacher. And I actually used to come back from school, um, yes, I used to still talk, and then I'd come back and write on the concrete back home, you know, to my, my imaginary audience, and just, you know, I'd be like, no, keep quiet, and I mean, there's no one there, you know, and I always wanted to be teaching, in fact, even now, I, I mean, I teach medical students, but I've always wanted to be a teacher, and... um and then, then I went to, and then I went to the hospital. My dad, my dad was quite sickly, and I mean, he was, he was diabetic, and we used to go to the hospital. And I remember we used to sit in queues for hours, you know. And I'm like, you know, one day I'm just gonna be sit a doctor, and I make sure no one stands in a queue. I'll make, I'll be like a super doctor. I'll, I'll be that doctor that's just there for his patients, that sort of thing. And then since then, and then, and then my mom had this heart condition that no one really understood. And I'm like, no, no, now, now I really want to be a doctor. And then my, when my father passed, I was like, and I don't even know why. No, no, no. I mean, so, I mean, we need some real doctors out there. Somebody's gonna stop Someone's gonna stop this, you know. <laughs> and then that's, I think, that's where my interest came in. And then I got to high school, and in high school, I started, you know, um, a first aid team. Um, and then we, we managed to get our principal to to fund our first aid training. And then at sports events, we'd be those, you know, and we insist to be called doctors, you know, just not respondents. <laughs> and funny enough, I mean, um, <laughs> but the other girl that was part of, sorry, that was part of the first aid team is Dr. Nuran Lotta, who graduated. In 20, 2011 at um, at Stellenbosch University, and we reminisce on these moments. I mean, when we were running around being doctors. So yes, I guess I've <laughs> always wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> now you know you talk about your parents. Um, your father passed away at a very very young age, and your yes. mother has always been sickly, mm. and you survived on her disability grant. Yes, yes, yes. 
So this is really academic excellence against all odds. I like to think so. You know, um, it's, I mean, look, the odds. From? Who, 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 you know, it, it was in, in that kind of a situation where, like you're saying, you're growing up in Kailicha, you're surviving on your mother's disability grant, which can't have been much, and uh, you want to be a doctor, but you know that the financial constraints, um, you know, that the possibility of that happening is, is, a, is a bit tenuous kind of thing. Mm. And, and yet you persevered and, and you applied, and even when your mom got sick, you continued to study. I won't lie, it was not easy, you know. And I think people underestimate, um, you know, hard work. Um, I, I'm, I believe there, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. In fact, these are the values of the foundation as well, you know, um, aspiration, excellence, hard work, resilience, you know. And I think I'm, a, I'm just a resilient creature. And, um, you know, and it, it, look, it, it was not easy. I mean, even when my mom had a stroke, when I was, in, I was, my mom had a stroke, I was writing my final, you know, year, my, my, my matric exams. And I literally was between the hospital, coming back to look after my younger brother, studying for school, going house, that sort of thing. And it, look, it, it wasn't easy, you know, it wasn't easy. But I knew that the only way I'm ever going to get out of Kailicha is if I, you know, I recognize the talent that God has given me, the intellectual ability that God has given me, and help work my family out. I knew that the only, I mean, I need to work myself out. I need to put in those hours. And I think people, a lot of people want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I think my mom had always taught me was, you know, the importance of hard work, the importance of dreaming, to to go for greatness rather than just success, you know, to, to, to look for a purpose or discover a purpose in life rather than a career, you know. Um, and just to keep at it And my mom knew which She's like The future is in your hands And whatever you decide to do with it You know um, Whatever you decide to do with Whatever has been given to you You decide So um, You know I, I decided to You know I'm going to stick at it And I remember the day I told my parents Well My mom Because my father my, fa- my father had passed Like I want to go to medicine The first thing my mom was like You know You know I was like Look mom All I need to do Is I need to get um, You know registration fee and I didn't get that you know I got into I reached it was literally by faith you know through the, I got fund UCT financial aid etc and um, and I'm and I managed to get through and I think um, my past drove me my past pushed me it's the wanting to get out of that situation people think it happens overnight it does not it requires hard work it requires time you need to push in the time you need to work hard and you shouldn't allow your past or your your present to affect your your future progress now here you are you have passed your matric, mm. right? Um, you've got the minimum points. Yes. Did at any point did you think I might not get accepted? Into yeah. medic- into I medic- cried. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. Because the first day, so when the matric results came out, I looked and I calculated my points, and I was like, thirty-nine points. I hope I get in. You know, thirty-nine points, and I got just made it, barely made it, got it. 39 points. I, I remember. I even got sick. You know, I was, went to the day hospital that day. My mom thought she was going to lose me. Um, I was just like, I was just, it, it was just too much for me. You know, it was just too much. And I got to, you know, I got to this university and there were these people with like 12 distinctions and I 
It was crazy, you know. And then there you are, sitting amongst those people, you know, you know, those students, and the people, everybody tells you, you are the cream of the crop. Look, I sat there thinking, yeah, right, I am the cream. I don't care yes. about that 39 points. No, you know, I am the cream in. of the crust. You know, I'm in here. I'm here because I did. And this is because I knew my potential. And I think that's the one thing I'm grateful to the University of Cape Town is because they didn't just look at me with my mouth. They look at me, you know, along with everything else. And, you know, and it is that belief in my potential that was like, okay, here I've been given opportunity. I've not going to waste it. And I graduated. And here I, I graduated third top of his class third top of his class from medical school with just the minimum 39 points. Now, here you are. Okay, you've overcome, you almost died <laughs> when you got 39 points. Here you are, you're at varsity, you're studying, and your mom needs to go for a heart operation. Yes, I was actually, I don't know how life is. Life, I think life has a tendency of just throwing the most unexpected balls at you, the, the worst of curveballs. And I think when you go through them, you know, you, you, you look at yourself and be honest, like, who did I sin against? I mean, who did I do wrong? But in retrospect, remind me to share with you something that I always share, parables of a pencil, lessons that can be learned from a pencil. In retrospect, I, you know, I, I, um, I realized that all of those things have, have made me or have made me the man I am. And in fact, the day I was writing my June exam, second year, I will never forget this, second year exam, because um, they had kept on postponing, you know, surgery. They're like, okay, your mom's going to have open heart surgery. What we'll do is during the procedure, we'll stop her heart, we'll put on cardiac bypass machine. Sometimes these patients come back, sometimes they don't. Um, so we just, we don't know. So what I'll do is I'm the anesthetist. I'll keep calling you every hour after your exam to update you. Did he call every hour? No, he didn't. I was done with my exam. How old are you? Um, how old is I? 19, 20. <laughs> how old is I in second year? Um, 18. Yes, I was around 18. In second year? 18 you years. 18, my goodness. Yeah, I started med school at he's, 17, yeah. He's also a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there I am sitting, waiting for a call to, you know, to tell me, okay, your mom is up, whatever. Nothing. Six, seven o'clock in the evening, nothing. I'm expecting the worst. Um, nine, ten, and my brothers told me they're like, "You're the one that made the decision to take your mom to 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 theater." Because my mom asked me, "Vianney, what should I do?" You know these things. Mm-hmm. And anyway, no phone call. Around quarter to ten in the evening, I get a phone call. Um, we're done. Your mom bled quite a lot. Um, she's here. Come and you know, come and see her. I went to hospital. She was in ICU, connected to every single pipe there is, you know, in medicine. And funny, the way I dealt with things, I removed myself from the whole situation. I just focused on, you know, the ECG readings, her blood pressures, the works. Is this then, how you dealt with the this exam is how that I, took place during the day? Yes, I mean, this is how I dealt with things. During the exam, in the exam, there was one time they actually stopped writing because I was like, the woman I'm really doing this for might not make it, you know? But for some reason, there was still that whole... I'd be disappointing her. I mean, even if she doesn't make it, you know, the woman that has, you know, worked tirelessly to ensure that I am here today would be disappointed if I just give up on what could be, you know. Um, and I just continued. And right now, I mean, I called her. I told her, listen to SAFM mother, um, you know, and wow. she's still alive, you know. And picking. when you handed that, that diploma to her, ah. MBCHB to her. <laughs> my mom, oh my God. So um, I got home and they had this whole graduation ceremony celebration thing. And I felt, because my mom wanted to be a doctor and unfortunately things didn't work out. And what I actually did during the ceremony, I took off my gown and I robed my mom ah. and I put on the hood because that is the one person that I think was more deserving than I am. So if my mom cannot stand, you know, and on Jamie steps on Jamie Theatre, you know, I will, if, if there's no university that will acknowledge 
Manager. I know how much of a doctor and how, mu- how much of a genius she was to raise four boys with absolutely nothing. That, to me, is worthy of a PhD or 10, Yo, you know? Mama. And that is what I gave to her. Yo, Mama, I take my hat off to you. You are a true inspiration. I'm looking at some of the SMSs coming in. Uh, here's one that says, I'm so impressed with, uh, by Dr. Voyani. His ideas are inspiring. The idea of combining one's primary career with law is a good one. I'm a civil engineer, also studying law at uni, so the knowledge of law is very helpful to my career as an engineer. I would like to encourage uh, all of our young people to try it. This is coming in from Mpuli, um, from Mtobanini. Thank you very much for the SMS, Mpuli. And uh, another SMS is the email address for Dr. Vuyani. It's V-U-Y-A-N-E. V-U-Y-A-N-E. Yeah, and Madikutu in Sesheho, I hope that you answered. V-U-Y-A-N-E at mhfoundation.co.za. Now, you doubled in film and drama. You appeared in the film Madam and Eve in a few foreign films. Uh, you wrote a play that won an award for Best Script in the Residence Festival at the University of Cape Town. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, How um, did you get in, in, into that? Love acting. I mean, my feel. friends say this all the time. I'm a very dramatic character. <laughs> I'm, I'm very animated. You know? Yes, you are. <laughs> in, in a wonderful way. <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm that person. And I love the arts. And in fact, I started um, when a friend of mine invited me to well, back in the day, I used to do acting, you know, um, and my mom was told by this um, by this one lady that there's an agent in, you know, called Faces Agent Modeling Agency. Your, your, your kids look, you know, your kids look good, so I'm sure they can help you out with some money. So I remember I never used to score a single job, I tell you. Nothing. I'd go for auditions. <laughs> nothing. I, probably, I really don't know why I offended. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then eventually, I think I was in grade nine, when I interviewed for this production called Einlieb uh, in Africa, it's a German production, and I got a lead, um, one of the lead um, um, roles, and um, there, I mean, these guys loved. I was invited to Germany for a movie premiere, and I was like, "Oh my God, is this the life that other people are living?" And then that's when I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this." Then I auditioned for Madam and Eve, um, and I, I, it was one um, episode that I featured in. And then started going. Then when I got to university, you know, I was like, "No, th- other than medicine, I'd, I'd like to be involved in other things." And they have a production called Res for Res, where the individual residences um, do uh, perform plays. Um, they have they have a theme, um, and then. We, we, you know, we get actors. So I started out acting, um, and then from that, I think I did that for two years. Um, and then after that, I did. I was invited by a friend of mine who decided to film a media to assistant, you know, to, to direct him to help direct. And then after that, I, I was direct. I directed the play. Um, and the one we did was our focus was. Um, was actually written, was not written by me, but was written by um, this other girl, Flowers um, for a Special Day, and it really revolved around women abuse and violence. And uh, I mean, it moved me, and um, it certainly moved the audience. And we won an award, and it was like a big celebration. So I really love the the, the you know I love theatre, love the arts. Well, have you packed in that part of your life? No, because you are. You're very creative, and and your face just lights up <laughs> as you talk. I mean, no, I haven't. Look, um, what I, the reason I couldn't do it during. Because every time you get called for um, 
Absolutely. you get trolled for auditions, etc., for castings. You you just you just don't have the time. Um, if you do have the time for the casting, you don't have time for for the shoot. You know, and I mean that's the thing. Another thing I'd like to tell young people: know your priorities. You know, sometimes um, you you might say, "Oh my God, I want to do law. I want to do medicine. I want to no prioritize. I need something that's going to bring food to the table first. Job security, medicine. Do I have time available? Oh, great. I do have time available. I'm going to do some law. But law is something I'm doing on the side. For instance, I have to go to Oxford. This means that I will have to put a pause to law, focus on my academia, and come back. You know, um, and and this is something I think that it becomes very very important for young people to understand. It's not just doing everything. So. Temporarily, I have packaged. Well, I haven't entirely because I'm actually working on a production now. Um, I'm, I'm not allowed to give the name, but I'm working with some of um, South Africa's great actors. I don't know if you know him, Tapelo Mukwena. He's yeah, um, yes, of yeah. oh. he's, he's one of the one of the lead actors, and I've and and we've also got um, you know a couple of others, and we're working on this particular production, which we're hoping to. Um, finalized hopefully by next year and um, it's really really exciting funny enough I was invited by a friend who's in film again like Vianney I really enjoyed working with you I'd like you to help me um, be the assistant director in this in this production I was like um, yeah so that's what I'm doing so Amara it is true he is Superman he's doing no. it all <laughs> he's juggling <laughs> all these balls in the air and so capably at that when you come back from Oxford yes what would you like to see happen in South Africa, especially with regards to, as you said, research in, in medicine, cardiovascular medicine? We hear about people that, you know, wait on the waiting list for, for heart surgeries until they die sometimes um, in some, some sad cases. When I um, look, the thing is, South Africa has got such a diverse um, pool of patients, you know, and as a result, they've got a diverse pool of pathologies as well, you know, and I think it's probably one of those countries where if we were, if we were really serious about research in this country, we'll be the top, you know, country in you know, as far as research is concerned, because we've got a lot of people coming from abroad to come do research here, people coming to study here, you know, and the thing is, what people don't understand is that people think that research is just about producing papers, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the sort of research that really is meant to impact patients. You know, the current study that I've submitted a protocol for, in for instance, at, at, at Barra, is, is, to, is to find out how do we delay the time in which patients will come in with heart attacks? How do we delay the time? Because internationally, the current standard is that when you come in with a heart attack, you know, door-to-needle time is 30 minutes. Barra door-to-needle time, I'm not sure if it's safe to say this, but it's about two hours sometimes, you know, but the t- I mean, time is, is heart muscle, mm-hmm. you know, and that is muscle you can't lose back. Mm-hmm. So now the research that has gone in there is to, to ensure that how do we then reduce this for our people? How do we make sure that, like, we, we, you know, we, 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 we operate according to international standards? And to me, that's the sort of research that we can do that will impact other people. So as far as things like, um, the op- I mean, we, 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 draw, we, we, we draw, we, we're heading towards, um, um, procedures that are less open heart surgery and you can fix things like my mom's condition could have easily been fixed by put, introducing a catheter you know, in the thigh and it goes to the heart and you can fix things and that is where we need to go towards you know um, and this is where I believe we are heading to as a country but it can only be done if there are individuals who are not just chasing money individuals who are not just um, exam takers and exam aces but individuals who are innovative people who are brilliant who are interested in the future of this country people who can say that okay cool I'm going to set aside this amount of time studying towards this area of research so that I can come back and equip my country you know but at the same time 
I mean, these things can't be done without money. You know, we do need commitment from other people. And I think, you know, we need, I mean, we've got, we need sponsors. We need people to fund such research. I mean, when I come back, there's, there's this, um, this nanoparticle analysis system that we're using um, that they've got in Oxford. It's there because it's expensive. You know, I mean, engineers in our country are very much capable of producing such a system. But we cannot do this without money. And I do hope that when I come back, I'll have a bunch of engineers and a lot of people with money who can then find this research and put our country in a rightful place being at the top of research. I've got goosebumps. I don't know about you, but right now, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up and I'm thinking, this is a quality of leader that we're looking for in this country and uh, you know, duplicate of Vuyani Mshomi and replicate and quadruple and, and make sure that we have more and more like him. My goodness, the sky is the limit for this country. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, you know, there, there's so much that we could be talking about, but we'll definitely get you back and, and talk about uh, research in, in cardiovascular medicine and, and various other advances. But thank you so, so much for joining us this evening. Dr. Vianim Shlomi is an award-winning medical doctor. He is uh, the founder of the MH Foundation. And if you want more information about the MH Foundation, the website is MH Foundation. It's www.mhfoundation.co.za. Foundation.co.za is the website. Or drop him an email if you want to uh, get involved with the MH Foundation. Vuyani, that's V-U-Y-A-N-E at mhfoundation.co.za. Best of luck to you, Daddy. Thank you, you very much. Truly, truly an inspiration. Wow. Thank, thank you. Thank you. There's a whole lot more.